grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Plenty of things are growing this time of the year in the fields or with gardens. Just sent my mom a picture of my tomato plants. They're up to my shoulders, so we're doing pretty good. It's the season of Pentecost, and of course, in the church, we know what that is, and we know in many ways it's called the green season. It kind of aligns that time of the year pretty well, doesn't it? This color naturally appeals to growth for the Christian life. We've been talking a lot about that in Bible study, about moving from milk to solid food to become mature. Jesus taught his disciples, but with the people or crowds, he often used parables. These stories were far more than life application. So they're not teaching you how to go grow a garden. Or, oh, that, that's a meaningful parable to go and, and have sheep or something. That's not what Jesus is using these parables for. They looked to deeper meanings about Christ and his kingdom of grace that had come into the world. And besides the sower and the seed being a well-known parable that you should all know pretty well, it's the first parable Jesus spoke, and he also explained it, because there's quite a few he did not explain so much detail like we have today. And unlike other parables, there's also must, much, must be a weighty value to it, because this parable can be found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, the first three chief gospels. Jesus starts with this parable, not for any old reason. You have heard over the past weeks, so you got to think way back, you've heard about how Jesus sent out his apostles and they were to go to Israel to share that locally, but it was going to be some rejection. And likewise, Jesus himself by this time was facing opposition against his ministry. Last week you heard, come to me all you weary and heavy laden. But the reality is, is all the cities he was preaching to had no repentance. If you go back now, one chapter before this chapter in Matthew, today's reading, we find out even the crowds hearing him failed to grasp his identity and the whole purpose of his coming. And so Jesus now turns to using parables. And the first one is the sower of the seed, and it's special. First, when he explains the mean of it, it's not to the crowds. You don't hear that when I read it today. But when you look at the text, it wasn't to the crowds that he explained the meaning, but only to his disciples in private. Second, this parable describes why unfruitfulness happens. We know what that feels like today, what's going on. But Jesus was telling this in a reality on the moment fact because those in Israel were not bearing fruit to his word of the gospel. But fret not over the gospel and the power of God since Jesus keeps giving us his word that saves the sower knows the miracle of good fruit. 
The evident character of the sower, you know, is in the sowing. Production's a big thing nowadays, even in farming. Saw quite a bit of that here and also Minnesota and Iowa. But the results of those kind of things make us look to the soil. How much is this land going to yield versus that land over there? However, the first thing Jesus says, and the English translation doesn't do it very well for you because it misses one word, one, one small word, but it's pretty big. It's this word, very first word. Behold, or look, a sower goes out to sow. Nothing out of the ordinary per se, I know. But with Jesus, the behold, the look, about the plain and simple things of life become pretty extraordinary. This depiction of a farmer isn't like anyone else, whether long ago who did and worked the fields and the ground or who used tractors, combines, and all the gadgets today. If you were to choose between the soil and the sower, clearly going with the sower is better. He might be careless, Throwing seed everywhere, but his generosity, you, go, you know this, his generosity surpasses trying to calculate the cost. That's insane. No one can live like that. No farmer can manage his land like that. But this sower comes with a different seed for life. Ignoring the results, Jesus brought salvation freely and for the soil of a sinful world. Second Peter kind of tells us the reason, right? Because the Lord, it says, is not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And so his death by the cross declared the sowing Jesus did in word and deed came out of the forgiveness he won or would win as a gift for all. That's why he did it all. Because he would die for all. That's the power of what the sea would do by God's grace. And so while the world rejects that kind of stuff outright, even among the baptized, we are hard to hear and can be unfruitful many times before our life. The only consistency is that despite the soil, Jesus sows his gospel to be good for the church just as it's to go out to the world. And yet I know what you're thinking. The text just draws you into it. The despairing way over the soils is very hard to overlook. You have the beaten down path that's firmly resistant, leaving no seed to have any place to, to go in the ground. And as a commentator notes, Satan's purpose is to cause a violent rejection of the word, the seed. While the seed is God's gift, man's natural answer as sinners, yes, it's rejection. And we're feeling that pretty heavy in our culture today even among its own church members at times. It can sadly even be the outcome of once having the seed of Christ, we return 
to that kind of hardness. You go out there sometime and find out who your atheists and who your agnostics are, and many of them were formerly Christian, even Lutherans. The rocky soil, you notice, though all the rest of them are receptive to the seed. There is a joy over salvation and forgiveness that sprouts from Jesus as Savior. However, what happens, as you know, is less rooted beneath the surface. It's kind of like, you know, the tree looks good on top, but how are the roots doing kind of thing, right? We get caught up in the moment, but miss how faith is more than an experience or even something new we learn in theology or read about Lutheran witness. Everything just dries up when suffering or struggles or, yes, persecution comes and they arise and they lead us to deny Christ or into false belief or even into shameful solutions that aren't centered on Christ and his way of the cross. And certainly what happens on the surface with the plant is important because it's not all that safe with the thorny soil. There might be deep roots and growth to the seed, but it cannot outpace the thorns. Weeds are bothersome, but thorns, they hurt. Jesus tells us cares before the world and riches remain a danger to his disciples. And in our country, there's lots of thorns and thistles, lots of things that outpace the better things of God, it seems, and choke it. We know how anxieties, fears, and woes can fill up our life, that it chokes out the word by the idols of men. And even our very life can become an idol. Finally, the good soil, you know it's good, but I hate to break it to you, it can also be kind of despairing, if not taken in the right way. Trying to try to make yourself into the good soil is not what Jesus is telling you. Don't hear the words like that today. We know what it is to turn to our own abilities and strength for fruitfulness. It goes to pride. And then, of course, it's always the end result, which is despair of ourselves. And when we despair, it also leads and brings us into question and doubt over the seed of God's gracious word. So be very careful to think when you hear the text, I want to be the good soil. You think you're going to do it? You're going to be disappointed. And you might even push, question God's word that's already at work. And so no wonder it goes back to the sower. The sower knows the miracle is bigger than the sowing. The power of the seed is a miracle itself, despite the soil issues. It belongs to the saving gift and word of Christ, always being faithful with that word to save sinners. Jesus sows with confidence, and so he says in John chapter 6, the word that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. And so the parable reveals to us, being stingy to sow the gospel does absolutely no good. By the death and resurrection of Christ, an all-powerful word 
out of an empty tomb, made forgiveness sufficient for sinners. How do I know this? Because it gave fruitfulness on Easter to despairing and faulty disciples. And what did they hear? Peace be with you. Resistance is real. But there is no sitting on the seed. Whether it's about teaching your children and how you're doing this at home or if you need a pastor to help that along or whether it's our friends, neighbors, and community. There's no sitting on the seed. To have any fruit first comes by what goes into the soil. Simple as that. And so Paul told Timothy, it's the motto of our Fort Wayne Seminary. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. But it's always the delivery of that word. The promise of good soil is also a miracle, right? That Christ knows is there. After this parable, what do you, everybody hear in the crowds? Jesus says, he who has ears, let him hear. A warning to receive his word, but also a great invitation to trust in him. When it falls on good soil, it outdoes all the rest, right? And notice how it, how it works. It's, it's from the greatest to the least, so a hundredfold, 60 and even 30. It's all great stuff, though, from one little seed. Even the rocky and thorn conditions of our hearts causing despair cannot keep out the sower knowing the hidden miracle in us. Jesus knows you by your baptism into God's saving name. The word and with water made you what you are by dying and rising in Christ. That's a miracle. His seed has been at work in you just as Jesus keeps sowing so we keep receiving. That's the whole purpose of why we gather to receive what he gives. By word and sacrament, we trust his forgiveness, and from him, fruitfulness is for life and salvation. It's so important to understand that, because there's no good soil, good soil in the world, naturally. But miraculously, there is fruitfulness. You're part of that by God's grace, as we all are, as God has given this to us, to his son as a gift. And so St. Paul tells us today and praises the good soil's growth in you because he says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Just what you are. By grace, through faith alone. A gift. It yields, very fruit. It yields various fruit though, right? But the fruit-bearing work of Christ is his kingdom. Going into our families, community, and yep, to the ends of the earth. That's what it's doing. Years back, I had a presentation that was given for some kind of mission thing or whatever. We invited in a guy whose brother was a soldier in Afghanistan. He had returned from a mission there, a lot of humanitarian stuff, and he wanted us to notice how they sowed their fields. Here was this guy in the video 
commoner, walking and throwing out seed like they do in the old days kind of thing and just chucking it around everywhere. And that's all fine. But in the video, a few seconds later, here comes a tractor squishing down all the seed. The soldiers said later, the farmers in that community wondered why nothing came up. You see, the tractor was something new and glorious compared to the animals they used. They figured it made everything better. So, I mean, logically, if it makes everything better because it tills up the ground so well, then we should just run over the, the seeds for good measure, right? I mean, it's the tractor. God help us not to do this with the pure gospel. From despair over the soil we see today, Jesus gave the answer to all the despair. Behold, a sower goes out to sow. God told the prophet Isaiah the very same thing when Isaiah the prophet was in horrible times of difficulty with Israel. But he told him, my word shall not return to me empty. Where it grows is a mystery, my friends. And you're just going to have to understand gardening and not modern day farming to get it. But here's the thing. Jesus keeps sowing among us by the public preaching of his servants, and he looks to speak from the lives of his baptized to others. All this sowing, only because the sower knows the miracle. There is good fruit. Amen. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. And so with that word sown to us this day, we rise and bear good fruit by confessing the one true faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. Please rise. <laughs>